0: Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series.
1: Go ahead, Kelly.
2: Okay, I got a burrito.
0: And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises.
2: Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I got it. Heck yeah.
3: You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do do, do. do, 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 do,
1: do. Welcome back to Before the Dragon. Matt here with you. We're continuing our discussion on Season 1, Episode 1. Of House of the Dragon. This is part two of our panel podcast. Hopefully you listened to the first one first. If not, well, then this one might seem a little out of context in some points, but that's up to you. You listen to things in whatever order you want. I'm not here to tell you that. Also, I am going to tell you that we will be sprinkling some book knowledge in in regards to what we're talking about sometimes. None of it will spoil you. You'll be fine. If you're a person who's worried about spoilers, we only do things that are supplementary around here. And you won't have to worry about whether that knowledge spoils you or not. We're just trying to help ourselves understand what's going on on the TV show a little better. And if you're a person who doesn't like the book stuff at all, then first of all, we're sorry. But second of all, this podcast probably isn't for you. Anyway, here's part two of our panel podcast. Thanks.
2: So Sammy pointed this out to me, and this is just something that his brain probably appreciated as like, I don't know, dude. Uh, But he was saying that the way that they reloaded every time they got to the end of the the list, they would just throw their uh broken lance down and get a new lance really quickly and like that's just that was very unusual for how you normally see t- these tourney scenes where they kind of everybody's proper they get their position the, everyone the horse is nicely dusted the hair is perfect and now we're jousting for, for, but no, the we squires see- were like having to dive out of the way so they didn't get like run over by the horse
3: i thought that was cool
2: yeah and maybe this goes better with the maester malpractice section but like the fact that it was so visceral and raw and very rough to watch it, it kind of played well in juxtaposition to the uh, birthing scene, the yes. almost birthing scene. But yeah, um, it was a, I've never seen a tournament presented like that before. Um, and I thought that was um, very cool. And Damon, of course, his participation there being a key to that. Oh. and that stadium
4: design was really cool because we think of stadiums today in certain shapes but those was those were very specific for that sport they were viewing and that was pretty neat
2: although sammy pointed out like nobody would be able to hear Viserys if they were sitting on the same side of him in that like amplifier like if you're sitting in front of him or maybe a little off to the side you could hear him very well because of the amplification but anyone sitting to the side of him would not be able to hear anything he was saying from inside that that uh alcove
4: <laughs> those are the cheap seats they don't cheap care about seats, those people exactly.
2: They've got interpreters <laughs> to, to feed it around.
1: Susan, you would think I would have better eyes than this, but I can't see what that I can't see what that says. Can, can you read that for me?
0: Yeah. Um uh, and dragons.
1: Oh, Viserys and dragons. Or or maybe Viserys and not dragons, because he doesn't seem very appreciative of it, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was really interesting how they are positioning him, who is the king of the Targaryens and how they are focusing that so much of their power is derived from their dragons. And yet he seems to have this very strange attitude towards them for a Targaryen. Whereas they showed how much, um, renairis and daemon are just uh you know really act like true targaryens and are fully uh bonded with their dragons and so forth viserys is talking about how it was a a power that man should never have trifled with mm-hmm. you know and uh he just uh he just doesn't seem to come across as a uh, true targaryen in that sense to me at least at this point in time when they still have so many dragons
1: plus to me it seems awfully weird that here he is the keeper of this particular secret you know this prophecy
4: Mm -hmm. about
1: uh about the end of the world you would think that if he feels like his ancestor aegon uh needed to uh come there in order to save the world then he would want to know how to use the power that man shouldn't have trifled with in order to be able to defeat whatever's going to end the world um so that seems just kind of like it's almost to me that he feels not able to um or maybe he is but he's just not acknowledging the fact that uh, if he's going to fight the end of the world or if he's going to keep passing this secret down to whoever is going to fight the end of the world that dragons would be a key to doing that
0: right yeah true true yeah so i i found it, it very interesting and and quite a contrast that they were setting up between how he uh, views uh the dragons compared to both his brother and his daughter I don't know. I don't know. I guess that would depend on on uh, what what exactly does a dragon smell like? What kind of uh, scent is it that people are appreciating or not appreciating yeah. about it?
1: <laughs> it? Seems to be in in Rhaenyra's mother's and father's case. Neither of them te- seem to like the smell of dragons. So it must be something that's uh, not too appealing. Maybe maybe they spent too much time in the in the dragon stables, uh, shoveling dragon stuff around. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, you know what it reminded me of was um the Lord of the Rings movie, The Two Towers, when um Saruman, uh, Wormtail has come to Saruman and he sell and he uh, walks in and he tells him, "You stink a horse." Yes, yeah, so that was that was what like, came to my mind when I when I heard them talk to her about
1: uh, her smelling like dragon. That's a nice call. I like that. Uh, that's a great comparison. What else about this? Anything?
0: No, I just thought that that was an interesting detail that they were adding. Um, but um, uh, you know, as far as the dragons, i will I will add one thing is I absolutely loved how they opened the show ap- well, after the cold open with the um with the great council of um, Rhaenyra flying in on her dragon. It just felt like um an exhilarating way to open it, especially for those of us who have wanted something back in westeros and you know that the excitement that came with uh you know her flying the dragon and i just thought it was the perfect perfect opening for that
1: right and uh as kelly pointed out here the the uh the whole idea of the fact that the last time somebody on uh in watching a television show saw a targaryen on a dragon uh it wasn't a pretty sight that was going on underneath them where as opposed to here uh king's landing Despite having any kind of uh, maybe criminal problems, which any big city probably has, uh, mm-hmm. looks a lot nicer than the last time we saw a dragon flying over it.
0: Yes, truly. Yeah, definitely, big difference.
1: Yeah. As far as the Daenerys connections, the the little text tribute, uh, how one hundred seventy two years after, da- I just watched the whole internet just go crazy over this i I mean people are saying oh this was a nice tribute to daenerys i'm so happy that they did this and the whole song of ice and fire thing and i've even got feedback on that but the way i read it was is like look you're going to see some targaryens do some terrible things they've been doing this in their family line for a long time and so this has everything to do with daenerys but not in the way that you think that's the way that i read it which will be just lighting up the internet right now everybody's going to cancel me right now but i'm telling you that this was not meant as a compliment or a tribute it was to tell you that the things that you saw at the end of season eight that danny did has been happening in this family the whole time and you'll know that once you see this complete story
3: Hmm. i didn't read it that way but
1: how did you read it
3: I just was like, they're just setting the timeline for us because most of the people who watched have not read the books are not familiar with this time period and, and show only people they need that reference, that time reference, like how long ago was this? Um, That's kind of all I took from it. I still, with that said, could have done without it.
1: Kelly, I know you're going to come at me. Come at me, bro.
3: It, It felt rude. Like
2: they left out Jon Snow. Like we're just ignoring the fact that yeah. he's a Targaryen. Like hello. Um, but yes, I think the <laughs> fact that she was the most um, iconic of the Targaryen representation and only Targaryen representation for most of Game of Thrones, they had to kind of throw that in there. But the, I think the point of it was because I think right after that sequence faded, I was trying to pull up it on my, my scrubbing through my my video here. But I think what came up right after that was the shot of Vanya flying over King's Landing on her dragon. And I kind of felt like that was a bookend to Game of Thrones season eight, where you had King's Landing not doing so good the last time a dragon flew over it <laughs> with a blonde mm-hmm. on it. Whereas I feel like they started this series in King's Landing with it being very uh, not corpsey. Like you saw, like them, like John said, you they took the scenic route through um, King's Landing to get to the uh, keep i feel like they were establishing that king's landing look not (laughs) burninated dragons fly over here normally and and that kind of a thing so um this is a normal site and this is a different time and, and that kind of thing i think that uh so going back to saying danny being mentioned in that uh opener opener being tied to this scene and this time frame made sense after i saw that
4: yeah, I, I was indifferent to it. I literally felt the same as Holly. I figured it's like, okay, this is a touchstone for everybody else to understand. This is where our story starts. Okay. <laughs> However, I do like Matt's take. I, I think that's very, very insightful. And I hope most viewers will eventually connect that dot because like I told Matt, I think one of the preview episodes coming up to this, that I was actually rewatched everything again just cuz and i have to say like the umpteenth time through it actually tracks a lot better now that the initial saltiness is a worn off this thing that still doesn't sit is another, I will I will leave that there's some stuff that doesn't sit well but the Danny stuff it makes a lot more sense having seen it all the way through like continuously
3: um if we can just go back to like are the showrunners trying too hard question um they will be trying too hard for me if from here on out they keep trying to connect this series to game of thrones i think i got all i wanted with the dream and then this that intro thing at the beginning that we just talked about that's all i want i don't want them to kind of i don't want them to keep revisiting stuff in game of thrones um i'm gonna be mad if they do actually Hmm. Uh, this is its own story let it let's let it be its own story i think they did enough in this episode to kind of like connect the two i don't think we need to so much anymore
2: matt you mentioned in your initial feedback about the tyrian joke though and i had the exact same thought i paused it and i said to sammy i was like this is totally the end of that joke it's the
1: end easter of that is. joke i'm pretty yeah. sure that that's an easter egg there
2: i totally agreed and i thought it too independently i had the same thought so
1: excellent i'm glad that you thought of it independently as i did that means maybe if you thought of it too maybe i'm not crazy uh Perhaps. then again
3: i didn't hear the initial reaction yet because i didn't have time but are you talking about the the first time we like see Viserys and he's like talking he's like saying yeah
1: he's giving the punch punchline to a of a joke. joke
3: i was thinking i wonder what that joke was and you you're right matt i'm with you i like that
1: what does it say Otto the pimp <laughs> i mean what kind of a dad does that anybody can you help me here little Mad finger
3: high ambitions yep there you go little finger
1: also tywin lannister yes wow so we're we're hitting on all of kelly's character comparisons right now uh, as well uh it's atrocious to me um it's atrocious to me and i'm just going to go ahead and fold this in with it but it's as atrocious to me as all of the lessons unlearned in regards to how we treat women on screen in sexual situations and we'll justify it just the same way Dave and Dan did by saying, oh, it's the world, it's the patriarchal society, this world that we live in, that our characters live in. We must show it. No, you don't have to show it. You don't. Okay, I'm I'm off my soapbox, sorry. But that just totally pissed me off.
2: Yeah, he's definitely taking some autonomy away from her, like making her do this. And then he did sexualize her a little bit by making her put on her mom's outfit and so that i think were the two kind of points against him here but as far as like in the context of the time and in this fictional you know universe where this is like the best that he could hope for his daughter was to become you know to be in a position to you know marry the king someday you know put her put her you know in a place where he actually is open to her, I guess. Or, I don't know. I think there's also not in the book, this isn't in the show. It wasn't mentioned at all, but she did the same thing for Jaehaerys. Like she read yeah. Harris and comforted him. So this was just a role that she had done before, but he's just kind of preying on that a little bit by using it for you know, opportunity. Right.
1: Well, I think one of the reasons why they they played it this way is simply because they've aged Allison down so that her and Rhaenyra are sim- more similar in age um so that they can be friends so that they can create drama for other things that we've already seen in trailers okay it's Um, also
2: he's also putting her in a position of high risk too after what he just saw happen to the queen you know so his 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 concern for her well-being is obviously in that forefront where, uh, Alicent is more empathetic. Like she tends to be taking care of Rhaenyra a little bit more and Rhaenyra is a little bit more rambunctious and obviously values her as a friend and, and does eventually come down to, you know, appease her friend. Um, every time, every, almost every time that they kind of have a little bit of butting heads, um, where they frustrate each other, like siblings almost. So it does seem like, um, if the, It doesn't seem like it would be Alicent at this point, but who knows? We'll see how they frame it later.
0: You know, if there's anybody right now that I'm looking at as um, a villain in this scenario, it would be him at this point in time. And and I think it's interesting because I did listen to some actors interviews where the actors were all asked, who do you think is the villain this season? And several of them said Otto. Interesting. Yeah. Do you make the same
1: comparisons that I've heard other people make of him with Tywin Lannister?
0: A little bit. Um, A little bit. And actually, uh, I was discussing this with my daughter who watched the first episode with me. She's visiting me right now. And uh, she brought up that Tywin would never have allowed uh, uh, Damon to push his buttons like that. The way, that, mm-hmm. uh, the way that Otto got uh, so upset about things. So, I mean, I can see a little bit of it there in terms of he's really wanting to promote his family and there's the similarities, maybe even more for people that uh, come to this from from the novels, knowing that Tywin was the hand heiress, um, and that while he was doing that, he brought his daughter Cersei to court with the idea of maybe trying to, to um, you know propose a match between her and Rhaegar mm-hmm. so you know for all those reasons there's definitely similarities but I also think that there's significant differences too uh,
1: significant deficiencies also would you put it core categorize it in that way
0: yeah 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 like I said he doesn't seem to be someone that has kind of the necessarily the cool calculated cunning of of uh, uh Tywin. He's he's shown right. that he's easily easily pushed and uh and he and he definitely shows his hand. You know he he's pretty he's pretty open about his disdain for Damon. So I think that it wouldn't be hard for somebody to to really pick up on on what his motivations are.
1: It's hard to be sneaky when you're not very sneaky.
0: Right. Right, yeah, yeah. I've heard other people uh, can call him like a combination of of Tywin and Littlefinger. And mm. again, I can see well they're looking at that for the manipulation factors and so forth. But I don't think that he shows the mastery that either of those two had for their roles.
1: I'm with you there. Anything else on Otto the Pimp? <laughs>
4: He's I dastardly. I don't
1: trust him. That's
2: right. what I said about uh Damon and and Otto being projective projective of each other.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Some of the funnier scenes too was just Damon picking on Otto. I don't remember if we talked about it very much, but um, from challenging his son in the tourney and then getting Allison's favor, uh, just to kind of like rub it in Otto's face. I mm-hmm. I liked that. Um, and even the king telling um King Viserys telling Otto to like settle down at the council meeting because like, you know, how my brother makes sport of (laughs) guessing you. I I, I love that. That was, that was good
1: stuff. Yes. Yes. So, oh my goodness. It landed on general notes. So anybody bring up a topic (laughs) that they want to. uh, And uh, John, how about we start with you?
4: Oh, I mean, I can't let you get away with skipping over my CGI dragons. We got to talk about the CGI dragons. I want to start with the positive, though. I like the dragon designs, but I wanted to hear what the ladies had to say, because clearly I, I must have missed how much they loved them well, the way the, well, the way the looks th- and the faces were.
1: Now, I, and Holly and Kelly, Kelly, I know you're yeah. our dragon expert around here, uh, even though you still won't acknowledge the the clear fact that Drogon was telling us in season five of Game of Thrones that <laughs> Danny was going to do what she was going to do in season eight. Uh, he was trying to get away from that. Nonetheless, uh, what did you think of the CGI of the dragons, and uh, could you give us some experience, some dragon experience here, Uh, because we know that you have charts and spreadsheets and all kinds of things regarding each each of the 150 million dragons that are out there in the world right now.
2: Matt posted one on on Twitter that I I found helpful in comparison to each other, but not to like a whale. Like that was a weird like addition that they had on there was like, this is how big they are compared to like a blue whale. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so the dragons compared to each other is, was that picture? And that was good. Um, But yeah, no, we had the three dragons here today in this episode with Cyrex, Caraxes, and then Rip uh valerian's head um <laughs> was like so who's the was, third that's where i was too i was like wait we saw three no 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 but so we, yeah. their heads so i think valerian's head looks distinctly different than the other's heads but um i think it kept his his head from the original series so the the two the design of these two is interesting like they had like tighter back legs um and i read that article Matt that you posted that was interesting about how they chose to design these two different styles of dragons like one's more based off of like a a wolf i think they said and like um we'll bring it back up and we can go more into dragons later but like they had just different uh animals that they were basing the um dragon shapes off of so there's going to be more shape. styles yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true too. Yeah. The backs were, were definitely different in, from what I remembered seeing, but I didn't notice anything bad about the CGI, but that's not my area of expertise. So that doesn't work. My eye doesn't get drawn to that. Plus I watch like a lot of video games. So, um, I'm just used to seeing how video games look and I'm like, this looks really good. You
3: know. <laughs> so. I, I love them. I love the dragons on the first watch. I didn't notice or care anything about the CGI on the second watch, which I did approximately an hour and a half before we started recording this. Was um, I if if I saw any issues, it was with Syrax in the beginning. Uh, Caraxes look great to me, love Caraxes, love my long neck boy, he's beautiful. He Syrax is really beautiful too. She, I like how shiny golden she was, like John said. <laughs> I, I like how they look very different from each other. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing more and more different shapes and colors of dragons it's gonna be exciting a fun dragon fact
4: i love fun facts because they're fun
3: (laughs) it's real quick though it's just
2: uh mounted her dragon um in like 105 or 104 ac and uh daemon didn't mount his dragon until 105 so they and she was like seven and he was you know
3: much Mm. older
4: Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. i'll have more for you going forward well i have Mm -hmm. one more dragon adjacent comment um and I loved that both Queen Emma and King Viserys mentioned like the smell, they could smell the dragons oh, yeah. on, Rhaenyra, uh, or, yeah, on Rhaenyra, because it just made, it made them feel more real. And it just, it just made it more believable for me, for some reason. I don't, I loved that. I, I, it was just a little detail and it's not like a smell that we, it's not a sense that we get to experience, but seeing them sense and smell the dragon just made it. I don't know. It was it was impactful. It was such a, a couple of little lines that just like made them feel really real to me. I like that.
1: All right, quick opinion poll between us. <laughs> is it a tar- Targaryen trait to be able to smell the dragon on somebody else? Ooh. Or mm-hmm. is it just the fact that everybody else can smell it but they're too scared to say anything? Kelly
2: I think everybody can smell them i think it's like horses yeah
1: so everybody else is just too scared to say anything about it only the targaryens can say stuff about that to each other (laughs)
3: yeah exactly ollie uh i say the others are too polite to say anything about it they're not they don't have to be scared they're just being polite
4: okay john oh it's definitely i'm not saying nothing about what dragons smell like because i don't want to get my ass uh fired up you know what i'm saying
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be on the receiving end of one of those dragons that I'm saying smells. Um, Targaryen superpower.
4: I I mean that's a cool idea. But I mean when when they were talking about that in the show and the fact that Holly brought it up is a very great point because I mean we we all we have all met a cat lady, but we never saw their cats, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Before the show started, we heard a bit from uh the uh the show runners, the people that were putting this whole thing together that we were not gonna get a lot of gratuitous sex and violence on here, that it was gonna be a little bit different than uh what we were maybe used to in the previous shows. And I don't know that they uh gave us that, <laughs> lived up to that in this first uh first show in any way, first episode. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it seemed like it was so gratuitous, but um, in in between between uh, Damon and the gold cloaks and then the violence with the uh, the joust and the birthing scene, um, I was having to look away from the screen quite a bit. I have to say that Um, I did, though, going back and rewatching it, I focused a little bit on maybe why they were doing that and I felt like as far as Damon goes I think they're really trying to make him a very gray character in terms of you know really not painting him one way or the other and it seemed like with the what was going on with the gold cloaks every time that they did uh, commit some brutal act on somebody they were typically saying something like okay this was a rapist they were castrating or this was a a thief they were cutting the hand off of a murderer they were beheading and in terms of medieval justice well that kind of sounds like the type of thing that did go on in that you know that kind of eye for an eye type of thing yeah uh so in retrospect once i kind of thought back about it i thought well this wasn't maybe as egregious as it looked on the you know first watch but it also um there was so much of it happening all at once. there was so much brutality happening all at once that it just felt uh extreme because uh, of that aspect of it
1: oh the the writing on that is so small, I can't read it susan can you can you possibly see what's written on the wheel there
0: is it does it say the the show's focus on Valeria?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, what do you want to say about that?
0: Uh, I find this is a really interesting angle that they're going for here. I mean, we're seeing uh, quite a few things that are relating the Targaryens to their roots in a way that I didn't know that they were going to get into this so much or so specifically. Um, And I'm curious why they chose to go in this direction. Maybe because it's so much earlier in the rain that they're closer to the time that they came from Valeria Maybe they're doing it for setup because they want to be able to consider doing another show
4: about Valeria. Hmm. That would be a cool show. Then they could just make all sorts of crazy stuff
1: up. Well, they have a miniature for it now because Viserys is evidently building a model of it in his in his room.
2: Did anybody catch, catch that? That was what that was? I,
1: I don't think wouldn't. it pointed out specifically in the episode, but uh, there's been plenty of promotional material about what it is. Okay.
2: Sammy had no idea either. And I was like, that's so vague. What are they building?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I had no I clue. Know.
4: I
2: had no idea. I really liked
0: both the, uh, the Valerian language being spoken as much as it did. And that huge model that um, uh, Viserys had in his room, that model of, the, of Valeria. Um, and then also just you know all the details like uh, the, the uh, dragon keepers and how they all spoke Valeria and so forth.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was something that was really interesting to me. In fact, I brought it up in the initial reaction podcast was that uh, obviously uh, we learned even from Game of Thrones, a television show that dragons understand Valerian, although I'm not understand. I'm not sure how I understand how they know Valerian <laughs> from the time that they're born. But regardless of that, uh, having these dragon keepers speak in Valerian, and I picked up one of the words uh, that was used twice. And that was all, it sounded almost kind of like Dohares. Uh It wasn't said exactly that way. It was said like Dohares. It, it wasn't said in the same way that we say Valor DoHaris, where we mean all men must serve. But I was wondering if it was kind of a way for the dragon to, uh, to tell the dragon to, to calm down, to uh, obey uh, the commands that were coming. Because it said like DoHaris Nayot. And uh, as soon as he said Nyote, then the dragon started going inside. So I thought it was kind of listen to my words or, or heed my words and go inside.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, that one word sounded a little bit more familiar than any any of the other ones, too. So, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, so as far as the Valerian stuff goes, where are we at with the idea that they are setting up uh, another show? Uh, could it be tied in t- to just to the, the yiti show just would the would the valyrian empire be around i well yiti is an ancient country right so uh it i guess it Valerian anytime valyrian was around or valyria was around then yiti would still be in existence as well
0: yeah yeah and um and i don't know whether this makes any difference or not but i i think they've talked about the yiti show being possibly uh animated show.
1: Right which would make it a lot easier to to go back and create the doom. Although now they have a life uh they have a really good miniature that they can use as soon as as soon as Viserys <laughs> finishes this model. Uh, right. he's still working on it, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that thing looks great. I want yeah. I'd, I'd love to be able to you know look at it really closely and check out all the details and everything. I think that uh, it is an interesting take and we even have the additional um aspect of um daemon giving uh renera the valerian necklace too so i just mm. uh yeah i think that they are definitely putting a big focus on how the targaryens uh you know what what their ancestry is and maybe how that sets them apart from from other people
1: okay that sounds reasonable and i i enjoyed all of the inclusion of uh how many different we saw uh daemon's sword which is Valyrian steel. We saw Viserys' sword, which is also Valyrian steel. And then they have necklaces as well, made of Valyrian steel. Oh, and the cat's paw dagger. So it was all there this week. Yeah,
0: yeah. Looking forward to more.
1: Me too.
3: I feel like I'm already just going to be living down my stupid comment from earlier about like not connecting the two shows directly, but I enjoyed seeing how different everything looked. Uh, so like king's landing looked cleaner newer shinier um there was a weirwood tree in the godswood in king's landing and then the iron throne there was more there was more throne um i thought that was so cool um i like those little changes the throne changes especially just because i feel like the way they did it this time it makes sense how it would have like gradually disappeared over time as different Kings ruled. And they kind of just like, Oh, this is like in the way I, this King's like, I want something over here. Let's move some of these swords. And then it it just became what it was. Uh, but seeing the weirwood tree made me really sad. Um, like really sad.
4: I'm going to probably need an assist from Kelly on this one, but I was listening to the bald move podcast today, uh, this morning. And Aaron brought up a very good point is weren't all the weirwoods chopped down from a certain point in time and they say there's a tree that kind of looks like a weirwood but it's not really a weirwood but it's there that's i'm i'm counting on him as my source i don't know how accurate he is as a source but wasn't could there have been a weirwood tree at that time in King's Landing because that does kind of that does throw a wrench in the show a little bit because now they're just throwing stuff in just cause
1: I don't think so, John. I disagree okay. with Aaron because I okay. feel like that there was a werewood in the in the in the God's Wood at King's Landing, perhaps up until the time that Baylor was around. Yes,
3: that's what I was thinking too.
1: Okay. I meant um, to go
3: back and do my research now.
1: Here. I mean, if you didn't have book knowledge, I don't think that you would could, you know, dispute what where he was coming from. but i I think Baylor, I think Baylor was the one who, uh, because he got totally devoted to the seven and all of that stuff started eliminating all of the old god stuff from king's landing.
4: Kelly, you have a knowing smile.
2: Well, I would I, I'm curious if it if there is any note on it being specifically a heart tree or if it's
3: a weirwood only. Um Oh, okay. I I meant heart tree, really. The one I'm, that we see them reading at
2: yeah. I'm just wondering if it's, if it has something to do with, um, it being, you know, oh, the things that heart tree would have seen because of the eyes. Cause, into it. Yeah.
4: Cause the, that would be very interesting because obviously Bray and the broken could see all this conversation
2: or, you know, you get to the, um, era of, uh, blood, raven. This blood is, raven yeah this right. is this is pre-blood raven so maybe he knew that the uh when he found out what the capabilities of the heart tree were he was the one who had it chopped down and taken out
4: <laughs> all right i'm gonna do a weird segue here do we think there's a three-eyed raven in this thing <laughs> all
1: right there you go dun 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 <laughs> dun 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 who wants to talk about fun casting tidbits sounds do you like have you do any? I
2: love to hear them
3: <laughs> that was me um sorry I and it's really just two and if y'all watch the behind inside the episode then y'all already know one of them that the old king Jaharis was oh I didn't write down his name uh but it's the same guy who played Bib Fortuna in the original Star Wars trilogy
4: I did not know that
3: that's cool and that is then, very cool and then on the second watch Lord Beesbury was like there's something about Lord Beesbury that was like god this is kill. like this I know this guy why do I know this guy I had to google it and then Matt he's in he's Fleabag's dad in Fleabag
1: oh yes he yeah. is
3: and then it made and that just made me really happy so those were my only ones
2: well anytime I see Otto Hightower and I have to explain who I'm talking about to Sammy I just have to go he's wiry. he's wiry.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: I just think of Harry
1: Potter
2: <laughs> well he's wiry in that too
1: <laughs> <laughs> the intro that was promised anybody want to talk about the the great council of heron hall
3: no and, that's not what that was oh that was for like the intro i'm like ready for the like the music that oh dun, dun,
4: dun, 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 that's dun, what i want. to talk but,
3: but, about. With, but with yeah. different music hopefully this time like not nothing against that music but again i want this to be a different show i want slightly different music i don't care yeah. if we use like the, a lot of the same themes that's fine but i want a brand new intro song
4: they'll bring vanilla ice in and it'll be like dun 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 it'll so just change one see, it's
3: different. It's different.
4: yeah see it's that's different a
3: that's
1: a little <laughs> ting it, 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 they'll bring in a whole track of it. fire fire baby fire sure. fire baby
3: I will accept it if they do the original theme but all in piano
1: <laughs> that's kind okay. very funny uh, well I want to talk about the Great Council for a second Emma Darcy they are the one who did the uh, the read over of that
0: I liked it. I think that it uh, it was a good way to set up the story. I think it was important for people who haven't read the Fireblood book to have that um, knowledge coming into the story to learn a little bit about that, so they'd understand where uh, these factions were coming from. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, and from that going into renera flying like i said i thought that was a a lovely way to start the show but i am very interested to know what what's going to happen next week if we are going to get a new intro to try and uh um i don't know necessarily rival but something that we will enjoy at least to to some degree like as much as we enjoyed the the classic intro to game of thrones because that definitely was. something that so many people loved
3: the scope of Harrenhal the great hall it was so big it was so big hmm. so big and like we saw Harrenhal in game of thrones but we only saw really the outside never really saw how really big it was like from up close so that was that was i was watching the scene but i was just looking and like i can't believe how ginormous this room is cuz i'm that that was be like the great hall inside heron hall right i don't know where else that could have would have been it looked like it was partially outside but i think that was just because the half the castle was melted i don't know i enjoyed that scene a lot though it's
2: all All practical there was a scene it was behind the scenes where they showed some of it lit differently too yeah i think that there was i was because i was like where is this i think i put it in the original notes that we went over and i was very confused as to where this was going to be so the fact that it's there and done and we probably won't go back. I'm a little disappointed, but I think it's cool. <laughs>
1: that's a, that's a lot of money for a little prologue.
3: I know. I'm hoping maybe they'll have more. I don't know. I have a question unrelated to that. Um, well, what, what, what was y'all's take on those stones in the, on the table in the small council meeting? Was that just like, are there little attendance stones? I'm here. Put the thing in. It's time to go. It was the new. Meeting is in session.
4: It, yeah. it better mean something because if it doesn't it's kind of dumb but i mean it's kind of cool for a pageantry or just kind of uh just because apparently those are dragon stones
1: oh okay well the, the,
4: well the stone is made from uh like a real stone that we all have in this world and they're called dragon stone
3: oh okay, okay that makes all sense right.
4: now it like and, and i and all right. I can't take credit for knowing it. I heard on bald move, so.
1: Okay, well, here's my take on it, Holly. Uh, Like, it's the take that you didn't ask for, but I think it's used (laughs) for voting. I think it's like, uh, it could be one of those things where if the king says, well, let's let's decide on this together, uh, everybody takes their stones out. And if you agree with it, you put your stone in um, so that it's all kind of an official meeting kind of purpose.
3: That's cool. All right
4: i prefer Matt's take. um but i have it's no just idea. attendance it's kind of lame it's like oh, well the person's not here there. of course okay. he's not here like you don't need the stone to represent the person
2: um you could give it to a designated oh. representative oh. and then they show up and they say i'm representing so and so i have okay. to stone." Said, okay
1: so- the assistant master of whispers now appears in place of in the it.
3: last scene, when they're talking about the succession, when before Viserys sits down, the King's Guard hands Viserys his stone. Um, I don't remember seeing it in the other scenes, but it was like the King's Guard was holding his little stone for him. So that's kind of I like that. Maybe he'll give it to somebody else that's sitting in the small council
1: members. Was Damon's plate empty anytime that he uh yeah, placeholder? Yeah, so. Maybe it is an attendance thing.
2: It could be Mm -hmm. also like to represent like the next time they have a small council meeting and Damon's not there. It's just always visible that his uh, holder is is vacant and he took the stone with him in an act of rebellion when he left and you can't find a replacement for the city watch commander
3: while I'm gone, while I have this, I guess. (laughs) Well, I I like Matt's take too because I think it could be both, you know, like if they're voting Mm -hmm. and then Damon isn't Mm -hmm. there to put his... Dragonstone ball to dragon ball z stone
4: to <laughs> vote
3: <laughs> we got that. Yeah. oh my oh,
2: gosh
4: no. that's what they should call them not dragon stones dragon balls they're,
3: they're dragon balls with the z I'm, oh now
4: i'm in <laughs> now i'm all in on these yeah. is there seven of them are there I'm seven adding, positions
3: i'm adding it to the dog dragon balls
4: anything we missed apparently you missed dragon ball z evidently so <laughs>
2: ...dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series...
1: Clearly you all didn't listen to my two ARIA podcasts.
2: ...and the HBO Game of Thrones franchises.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey Matt, we listened, we just didn't agree. <laughs> You're listening to
3: Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do, 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 do.
1: Yes, folks, I'm sorry. Um, I know that uh, many of our panelists dread this particular segment. It's the oldest segment that I have in my podcasting career, and I just can't let it go. Evidently, neither can our listeners. Uh, I did put a poll out asking if people wanted it or not, and I got an overwhelming response that, yes, they did want it, probably just to see our panelists suffer in this manner where they have to uh, try to come up with a three word description. Of an episode. Now, it doesn't have to be the entire episode, people. You don't have to do it just for the entire episode. You can just pick your favorite part or maybe even your least favorite part and just describe that part in three words. I'm not picky about it. I just want three words. I don't want seven words disguised as three with dashes and hashtags and words run together. Don't want any of that stuff. I just want three simple words to describe this episode. Kelly's got some. What do you got, Kelly? Patience
2: for power. The uh, line the Otto said at the end that the gods have yet to create a man who has the patience for power.
1: Love it, Holly. What do you got?
3: Okay, I'm proud of mine today. It actually didn't come up in the podcast at all, and I'm really surprised. Sex offender scrotumless. Yeah, you know, I didn't see it with this. That scene with when they were the gold cloaks <laughs> that they. Yeah. Okay, you're laughing. You looked
2: confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. Took a second. Took a second. But then I was I remembered. like remembered.
3: I'm sorry, Matt, if you have to, you shouldn't have to believe this, but no, I don't think I got it. When I was watching it, I was like, those are balls. (laughs) It's like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they showed that. It was great.
2: I loved it. Glad you recognized it. I had to ask Sammy, I'm like, what are they doing? And then they showed it. And I was like, I still don't know what they did. (laughs) It was very confusing. (laughs) Gentlemen, did you have problems recognizing what happened in that scene? No, no.
1: (laughs) It was a little painful uh, Mm. to watch. Uh, All right, John, what are your three words?
4: oh man i i got three letters c g i oh <laughs> hey
3: what's funny is those three letters stand for three different words too
4: yeah computer generated what images, uh, images. Im- there you go yeah
1: excellent computer gener- generated images as in uh another set of three words i hate them uh <laughs> so, there you go uh my three words were uh tragedy already afoot because we saw lots of tragedy in this particular episode Uh, and i stole it from the trailer uh war is afoot uh was the phrase that was in the trailer and so i just uh stole it and repurposed it for this specific episode turn to you susan do you have three words for this first episode of house of the dragon heirs of the dragon
0: sure my three words for this week are Damon
1: is misunderstood. Oh, Damon is misunderstood. You're going to have to explain that one a little bit.
0: Um, Well, because I think that his brother, again, even though Otto maybe isn't the greatest manipulator, I think he's doing a fairly good job of manipulating Viserys. Mm. And so I think that, you know, some of the um, tension that is boiling up between the brothers is being promoted by Otto. And I think that what they did, they did a really interesting thing with that whole air for the day bit because we know that that book would often pose two or three different scenarios or um, ideas about how things happened. And in this particular circumstance, (laughs) they never showed us him actually saying that. And what they did show us he was kind of despondent sitting there Sorry. before he he stood up and talked so i don't know that what he said that he said in some sort of uh, triumphant or uh you know way to really try and and mock or make fun of the situation he may have been saying it yeah uh, you know in, with the sympathy that he was feeling for his brother but i think it was you know kind of taken out of context so interesting
1: yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take a different twist on this i'm going to say that because otto said he had three separate accounts of it happening Uh that that Uh was a nod to the fact that no matter what account you (laughs) believe when you're reading the book this happened uh Uh but maybe again it's otto so you don't know how competent that actually is
0: (laughs) right right it seemed like Masaria was the one who was really uh kind of celebrating and promoting the fact that Damon was still the heir to his brother more than he mm-hmm. was, you know. So there was that. And then when Viserys confronted him, you know, I think that part of what Damon said to him was very true in terms of, you know, as his brother that he would want to try and help him and protect him from people that are trying to use him. So for I think there's a lot of reasons that at this point in time, Damon is misunderstood by various people.
1: Nice way to wrap that one up. That's great. (laughs) Denise on Twitter says sweeping, masterful, brilliant. And also adds, I want to be a dragon keeper. I want to cosplay in Damon's jousting armor. I never want to give birth. The cast were fantastic. It's great to be back home. Hashtag House of the Dragon. Hashtag HOTD. Thank you very much, Denise, for that. Uh, TV Podcast Industries. Those are our friends over the pond. Derek, John, and Chris. I suspect this is probably Derek uh, because he usually handles the Twitter over there. Uh, Couldn't give just three words for this excellent first episode. So here's my three by three of great moments. Sublime Cyrex Soaring, this guy should be writing these for the double P, Uh, Dastardly Doctor Drama, and Vulnerable Viserys Vindictiveness. Ooh, very good, Derek, or John, or Chris. Whichever one of the three of you wrote that, I appreciate it, it sounds great. And finally, uh, Live Like You're Dying To, writes in uh, Bleep Season 8. Uh, we're not there yet. We're not on season eight, we're on season one. What did you think of season one, episode one? Oh, they say, by the way, I loved episode one of House of the Dragon. Thank you very much. Don't forget, folks. At the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. That's how you can submit three words to me. You can also do so by sending emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. That's audioblog at gmail.com. You can also send them via a comment on the website, matsaudioblog.com, mattsaudioblog.com, or you can leave them in the comments of the YouTube. Like this one, leave a comment below. Hit that subscribe button and that like button too. Do I sound like a YouTuber now? I don't know, but I want you to do that. Just search for the word before, the Dragon Podcast on the youtube the next segment is everybody's favorite segment but nobody's favorite more than bubba's who isn't here and kelly's who is Mates of the week. Now, this is the episode or the part of the episode in the podcast where you submit to us what you thought was the best coupling of the episode. And I don't mean two people. I mean, you could have picked out any two people from that brothel scene and just made them brothel mates because they all seem to be brothel mates at the same time. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about whatever you feel makes the best coupling. And there are lots of great couplings that you can do. You can do a coupling between a person and an object, and a person and a concept, a person and a dragon. We've got dragons that we can couple things with now. And not in that way. Stop thinking that way. But what we want to do is just tell you that we think that your couplings are going to be better than ours. Because I'm not very good at it. Um, Holly hates it. John could care less. Uh, Kelly's really good at it, though. Nobody will be better than Kelly's uh, or Bubba's. They're the two that tend to do these very well. At any rate, let's get to John's first. John, who are your brothel mates? this week as i've run completely out of breath
4: oh i think everybody wants to see damon and uh, sir chris and cole hug it out oh
1: i like that one that's they they did make for a a, a beautiful couple in terms of having a battle a little mini battle in the list that was great i loved it how about you holly um
3: only because we won't see her anymore, I uh, put Emma and Rhaenyra together, mother daughter
1: oh. bond
3: has gone forever now oh man Rest that piece I wore that... my Aaron socks to work, my house Aaron socks to work today to honor to honor her good queen
1: Emma Wow, that was so emotional for me uh that was that was a really tough scene for me to see her go, but i it was helped to be set up holly by the fact that that was a really nice mother-daughter scene between the two of them when she came in uh before she went to go see dad at the council so i i love that that was great uh good call kelly kelly there's no there's no pressure there's no expectation here but you're going to give the best brothel mates of the week of anybody right
2: Obviously, and and I did spoil mine earlier. It's uh the the couple Rainies and Coralis. I think they're just bomb ass couple, and they are going to be doing some big things. Um, I shared an image, and if you haven't looked up King Ezekiel and Carol, look them up. They are. I, I, you know what? I'm going to make King Ezekiel and Carol my brothel mates of the week. That's what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> I love them so much. And I'm really just projecting my own appreciation of those characters onto these. I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to be self reflective and realize that that's what I'm doing because that's what this episode is about. <laughs> this was
4: Pee Wee's Playhouse. Today's word would be projection.
2: Right. <laughs> for me, at least, for sure. So, uh, Car- yeah, Carol and King Ezekiel. Um, yeah, those are my brothel mates of the
1: week. Excellent. Susan, I know you have a best coupling for this episode. What is it?
0: Sure. Actually, it may sound a little bit too obvious, but I'm going to say birth and death.
1: Birth and death. Excellent. That's great.
0: I mean, I think it was pretty obvious. (laughs) They had the the whole scene where they're contrasting the the birth with the, the violence that was going on. And then, of course, the birth itself ending in in such violence and and death itself that uh, I think it was a theme of of this episode.
1: All right, so we do have a, a tweet here as well, a couple of them actually. One is from our friend Rebel Girl on Twitter. Uh, that's with a couple of L's and a couple of R's in there, no I. Uh, Joanna sends all kinds of things to the podcast. She also retweets a lot of things for the podcast. So thank you, Joanna, so much for your support of this podcast. We really appreciate it. And naturally, uh, because Kelly does have the best brothel mates, Joanna also has the best brothel mates by saying that Rainey's Targaryen and Corlys Valarian are relationship goals. Uh, love it. Uh, the great picture, too, that she sent with her tweet as well thank you so much joanna one more uh we've been saying a lot of doubles around here lately even though we don't intend to but that always reminds you of the joffrey of podcasts and the mother mothership of that podcast the double p media network or double p podcast network whatever you want to call them i just call them hey you And WPHQ on Twitter, uh, that's Baba generally who runs that account over there. Uh, He's always very funny. He always makes me laugh. It delights me when I can actually make him laugh as well. Says, this is good. This is good. Kelly, Baba couldn't get in here uh, in person, but it doesn't mean he didn't want to try to upstage you. Allison and her mother's dress as the best coupling of the week. What do you think of that? Kelly doesn't think anything of that.
2: Oh, you can't see me. I'm massive thumbs down, big icky face. Yeah, no, well, no, the, no. not
1: not the entirety of this podcast is going to be viewed by YouTube, so we kind of got to have uh, kind of got to have a, a little bit of a vocal in there as well.
2: Well, that's also my fault with uh, failing to unmute because I'm also bad.
1: Oh, okay. So there's <laughs> the crux of the actual problem. Let's move on uh, to the segment that everybody is growing to hate.
0: Knowing
1: seven f- hell uh-uh. seven, <laughs> <Tutorial RICH> seven, seven seven pill, seven seven uh-huh. seven, pill, seven all right yes. this is where we draw numbers which will match to a character each and every time if that character has to uh, cuss or Say a dragon's name. If they happen to to do that, then we get punished by it. Here we go. Holly, here is your number. Your number is 13.
3: Lucky 13.
1: Lucky 13. Sir Harwin, break the phone strong. I don't have any IMDB information for you. They're updating it each week, so it's kind of useless to have it. Uh, Do you want to keep that character? You can throw... You can throw back once.
3: Which strong is, remind me which strong is on the council right now?
1: I think it's Lionel Strong who is on the council right now.
3: Oh,
2: pretty, pretty hair, man. He
3: had very pretty hair. I'll keep it. Keeping it? Yeah.
1: Okay. Holly is keeping Sir Harwin Breakbone Strong. We will see. You escaped punishment last week. You had nothing to be punished for. Kristen Cole, surprisingly, did not say a dragon's name, nor did he curse, even as Damon was beating the crap out of him. I was surprising. Okay. And Well, you had to make me laugh that
2: hard when I was eating a burrito. I mean, come on, man.
1: (laughs) Really a burrito? Again, with a burrito? Every time with you, it's a burrito. Always a burrito. She's
4: in California, dude. That's all they eat out there. (laughs) Either Either that or or vegan
1: meatloaf. (laughs)
3: Vegan (laughs) burritos.
1: Vegan burritos happen often. All right, Kelly, here's your number. 16.
3: Oh, my
4: birthday. Sweet 16.
1: Uh, Sir Harold Westerling. Now, he was the knight that we saw uh, who was waiting for Rhaenyra to return.
2: he's the Kingsguard.
1: He's a Kingsguard. He absolutely is.
2: He won't oh, say a okay. cuss. He won't do that to he's me. He's
4: probably not gonna say a word the whole season. You don't season. think
1: he's gonna you don't think he's gonna cut Well he'd said several words in the first episode.
2: He,
4: oh, he
1: was that King's Okay, got it. King. He
3: may have even said the dragon's name. Um,
1: I don't remember though. Okay, so you're keeping them or throwing him back?
3: I get one
2: throwback ever or one throwback. No, time? you
1: get one throwback each week. Seven, seven,
2: seven, and it's if he says a cuss or a dragon name.
1: If yeah. he cusses or says his dragon's name.
2: I'll keep him. I've I already got my like extra unnamed extra last week. Like that was pretty lucky. Yeah. I might just get like I'll get like Renira if I roll again.
1: <laughs> Kelly has taken Sir Harold Westerling, Knight of the Kingsguard. Um, not the head of the Kingsguard, but
2: strong, silent type, my man. The strong, silent. Type.
1: All right, time for John to draw his number. Oh You're, man, spin that ready? wheel. Spin right, it. Spin it. <laughs> It's a 10. Uh, uh, Tower. Oh, a yeah. might Otto Hightower. That's a toughie. He might say a dragon's name. I don't know if he'll curse.
4: He doesn't strike me as a man that would curse. Yeah, yeah but kind you of
1: remember,
3: remember your definition of cursing, though.
4: Well, he
1: can say others take you or seven hells or something like that. That's oh,
4: okay. As well, as right. the well, I'll be the only one to throw him back.
1: You're going to throw him back. Excellent.
4: I like a. a well, player they always with say, never, if you can get a second shot at it, you're always supposed to go twice. All right, here we go.
1: Three. No. <laughs> uh oh, three is. Oh, no. Alice in Hightower. Oh. I think you're saying I like it. I like this. I like this. You may say I'm a dragon's name. So I'm good. You're, you're stuck with it. Uh, I'm so there we go. And. Oh, oh, oh.
4: You Raniere's might want to go back to your sheet and put me a down for her auto.
1: All right. Susan, we're about to draw your number. Are you ready? As we know, you're paying a punishment uh, next week, just like I'm paying a punishment next week uh, for our drawings from the first week. So everything's going to be staggered, but are you ready to face the music this time? Sure. Sure, she says. 32. Usually being in the 30s is a pretty good sign. Let's see what we got here. 32 is... Mr. Vamund Valarian. I don't know that we'll even Ooh. see him in the episodes next time around. Mm,
0: that'll be interesting. But you know what? I have a feeling that we are going to go to um, Driftmark next time.
1: Oh, really? All right. Well, so I know you-
0: that we're going to spend a lot of time there that we've heard. And since we didn't see it at all this episode, I think the likelihood we could see it next episode just grows. So maybe we will see him. We'll have to see. So,
1: the question is Do you think he'll say a dragon's name? Do you think that he'll cuss? And if you do, to avoid punishment, you might want to throw him back. So, do you want to keep him or do you want to throw him back and try for one more try? I'm going to keep him. You're going to keep him. All right. Susan has selected Surveyman. And you are in there. So, we won't know until this week's episode airs whether you'll be punished yet again. But uh, if you are, uh it won't hurt too bad i promise and which punishment are you going to be doing next week I have to look at that patch, list again patch face oh
0: patch face is next week yeah yeah do i need to pick the next one or do no, i wait until not I unless you out? get
1: punished not unless uh, okay. you get punished because that way it, uh, you know they're all open for everybody else uh except for me who claimed two which was unfair completely unfair, <laughs> it's my game uh, so I claim I claim and I claim tried to claim two of the worst ones like the whole eating chicken the whole time. And I've also claimed lemon cakes, lemon cakes, which is uh, I have to bite, I have to completely eat a slice of lemon every 10 minutes during a podcast.
0: Ugh. Okay,
1: yeah, it's not going to be pleasant. And then my number is number one. Oh my oh. god.
4: Targaryen retainer.
1: <laughs> I don't like Targaryen retainers because I can't tell what they are.
2: Yeah, who even was? Uh,
1: they're not credited in the episode properly enough to, for me to know if they have a dragon name in them. Here we go. I'm drawing a new number. Nineteen. Lionel Strong. I think he was the Kingsguard member. I have to take it. So there we go. But this
3: is Lord Lionel Strong. So he's not a king's. You mean small council?
1: Small council, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's on the King's Council, I meant. Okay, so we are set for our seven hells picks this time around. Seven, 5, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7 Susan, have you done anything about your Twitter or should we just leave it alone?
0: We'll just leave it alone. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not really sharing too many Twitters this time around. Just remember the most important Twitter to remember because, you know, I'm self-important that way. So what did you think of that whole story about Nymeria and everything? Because I pointed out that it sounded like a, in my initial reaction podcast that it sounded like a, a, just a plug for the 10,000 chips show.
0: Yeah, I, I think it did. I mean, I enjoy any time that they're going to bring in some of the lore like that and um, showing illuminated manuscripts and, and all that stuff that uh, I, I think is fun. I know It was a nice little um, nod to that uh, Rhaenyra is kind of cheeky about these things when she's talking to uh, Allison about it. And yet, at uh, yes. the same
1: time, she knows them very well. That's what I was really impressed with. Is when Allison was like, "You don't know anything about this," and she just turns around and recites everything to her. Uh, right, which makes I guess kind of makes Nymeria a hero, hero of uh, of Rhaenys in a way, or Rhaenyra in a way. And that to me, Susan uh, was another comparison that I drew was between Rhaenyra and Arya, the attitude towards patriarchy uh and and uh you know we saw Arya have a similar interest there were a lot of things that that i i understand we're going to see history repeat itself because we see that happen in george's books all the time uh but that was another thing it was like seemed like there were an awful lot of little easter eggs to refer to the new series that i don't know if they really enhanced the 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 new episode or not
0: yeah there there was definitely a lot there i i, I enjoyed it i think okay. it was it was fun to have that stuff and uh and and i do think you're right that uh uh hopefully that the nymeria book is also a plug for uh the new show that uh i'm hoping they'll come up with
1: yes uh maybe maybe now that we have a merger between uh warner brothers and discovery well in place and they're going to do a merge streamer uh maybe uh there won't be as many people around who remember the sand snakes uh <laughs> yes <laughs> thanks <laughs> thankfully <laughs> Thanks, folks, for joining me. Holly, final thoughts?
3: I can't wait for next week, and hopefully we'll get an intro and a cool credit scene that is satisfying, and the music is fantastic. The music will be fantastic. Um, We'll just stop there, but I can't wait. I'm so happy. This is good times.
1: And Kelly, final thoughts?
2: I'm so happy to see Holly so happy. So that's, just, that's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> no, it's so good. Oh, I totally agree. I think that this is fantastic. I I was preparing myself for it to be disappointed, but I kind of had like cheated myself into hoping it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, as bad as I was afraid it would be, and silly me, that hope paid off. And being naive about things is not always a bad thing. So, yeah, I, I'm happy about it. last week. I'm looking forward to next week. And I love talking to you guys again. So thanks for everybody who's listening and talking with us.
1: (laughs) John, final thoughts.
4: I hope it gets better.
1: Oh, wow.
4: Uh, 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 It's still good. It's still good. I'm just, I'm just, you know, like, hey, wow me. Okay. Do better.
2: It's not a bad thing. We always we all want to get better.
4: Yeah hopefully no but i but i will second and third kelly's like it's good to good to talk to everybody it's also weird just so everybody has context here like we used to be on the phone when we first started doing these things and now we can see each other so like you're in each other's spaces and it's kind of weird but nice i'm just
1: back in my day we used to call in to talk you, and we used a wall phone and we talked, i mean we could we kinds of-